0: welcome to the latest episode of the finding hope podcast from rogue retreat you can find us in numerous ways first of all you can go to facebook.com slash rogue retreat and we're hosted by anchor.fm but you can also find us through TuneIn and apple podcasts without any further ado on with the latest episode
1: Hi, Todd. Thank you for joining us on Finding Hope podcast today. Um, So I'm just I'm very grateful for you to be agreeing to be our next victim, as we like to say around here. Um, And I'm just kind of curious, what kind of drew you into getting to know Rover Treat like you have now? How did you get to know this agency?
2: I feel like I just told this story already. (laughs) I
1: feel like I'm tell it again. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) All right. So you know what? I've been, I, the, on a Saturday, let's see how did I put this before. I was more comfortable the first time I went through it. Now I'm not as comfortable. So yeah, I knew Pastor Murray and, uh, and his wife for a couple years now. And, uh, my wife had invited, my wife and I have been having some troubles and, uh, you know, I had some things going on in my personal life and, uh, my wife had invited them over on a Saturday. I was like, Oh, I don't know why you invited these people over. Then the, the very next day, my, which was a Sunday. My wife and I were having problems again and I rented out a room to somebody in the studio and he said, well, let's get you off the property. And we we're down at the railroad tracks. And at that point I was like, I am done. I can't, I'm done living like this. I can't do this anymore. But the only place I had to go was to uh, first Presbyterian church where pastor Murray and his wife were at. So I, it's like eight o'clock in the morning. I went down there, <clears throat> um, sat through first service and, uh, and then they took me up to my daughter's house. And from there later, about a month later, I think it was, uh, pastor Murray came to me and said, Hey, do you want to, uh, do you want to run, the, uh, manage the emergency shelter that we're having this year? I said, sure, that'd be great. And then, uh, upon doing it, I was just like, I was sold on the, uh, on the work. Uh, it was the first time I ever felt good about the things that I'm doing. Um, it just, it made me feel good to give back and, uh, and, it warmed my heart. And so from then I was sold, uh, pastor Murray knew pastor Chad at rogue retreat. And, uh, and, uh, he introduced me and, and went from there.
1: Was there something that's specific about the population, um, that was, that kind of warmed your soul in that sense that kind of warmed you up to the idea of doing this type of career work?
3: Uh,
2: I don't know. I think it was just that it's cold outside. Uh, and I don't know. I guess I could relate cause I never thought of myself as uh, worth anything, uh, or was never thought of myself as a good person. And, you know, uh, I can see how a lot of people look down on the homeless population and, and I understood where they're coming from. And, um, I don't know. It just, it just made me feel good. I can't, it wasn't in any particular about why this particular population, it just seemed to relate to them well. Um, yeah, yeah, I just related to them well. Okay.
1: Um, and so when um, Pastor Murray and Pastor Chad kind of um got you over to Rogue Retreats, um, what did you start? What what have you been doing with us since you got here? Um, I know <laughs> we love you. I know we love you, but what do you do? <laughs> and I know a whole
3: you-
2: lot of nothing, I tell
1: yeah. you. Uh, and you. And you, at one point, even we're working together. Um,
4: yeah. So Todd and I were famous at the Kelly Shelter for making on the graveyard shift for breakfast. We used to make chicken fried chicken. Chicken fried
2: chicken, I love it. Yes. <laughs> of course, we have the the cans that are always find on the ground. The big, you know, the big cans of like uh, what was it like gravy. soup or some gravy and stuff. I'm like, what are these cans on the ground for? Why are they there? And I figured out it was because old Marcy here, she's too short, She can't reach the cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I brought her over a can and said, yeah, put it on her desk for her as a a warming gift at her new office. I started at the shelter shelter working graveyard. Um, I just loved the interaction with the, with the guests, you know, it was was a lot of fun. Um, And then uh, from there, I I did some maintenance because graveyard was, is, is a hard shift and, it was hard. I wanted some more days. And so I went, I started doing some part-time graveyard. I mean, uh, a part-time maintenance. And then they had the shelter, the warming center in Grants Pass open up and I did some of those and then COVID hit. So then I just went back to the shelter, no more maintenance. And I just stayed at the shelter for a while. And then I went back to maintenance part-time again. And then, uh, and then I got a call from, I can't remember who called me. Uh, if it was Chad or so, I think Chad did, or Justin told me about it and said, Hey, we want to interview for interview for a clean sweep, which I really wasn't looking to do that. I didn't at that point. I was like, man, I was comfortable in a position like maintenance. So I've been uh, construction and that type of work for a long time, most of my life. And so I was comfortable and I didn't, you know, I wasn't ready to move out of my comfort zone, you know, and so I didn't really want to do it at first, but I did. I took on the, the job and I love it. I do.
1: So um, for those that might not know, um, what is Clean Sweep and what do you do with that program?
2: Well, I mean, I didn't know what we did with that program when I started. Chris <laughs> got in there. He gave me a thirty-minute <laughs> lesson on uh, on Clean Sweep and that was that. He said, oh, I'll send you, a, hey, do you have Drive? I'll send you all my files through Drive. There you go. I was like, okay, you know. Um, well, it's, it, I think it started out just cleaning up the streets of Medford. Um, but with the help of uh, Crystal uh, and myself, we, we, we've grown, gotten some more uh, contracts. Uh, so customers are paying us to clean up. What would, I'll, I'll get like a paying customer, say uh, the senior center that I clean around the senior center, but I also will walk down the street and do uh, the streets of Medford for free. Um, so we spent about an hour and a half to two hours in the mornings cleaning up trash. Um, and, and I try to, try to get them used to, uh, to, to like, a, going to job every day. So you want to get up at a certain time. You be somewhere at a certain time. Get, get back in the groove of working. Uh, make them feel p- good about themselves. Give them some confidence. You know, um, I know that I don't spend a lot of time uh, walking around with them. Uh, whereas Chris and Sylvia, they did that. I want them to feel like they're adults and they can handle this job. And I, um, I tell them the route that they got to take. Um, we're trying to make it a little bit bigger where we get uh, morning and afternoon routes and then uh, maybe even a lot bigger and we can get more of a, a, a job coaching part of it. But that's years down the road or down the road a little bit. I don't know. But for now, we're yeah, cleaning
1: this. Sure. Looking good doing it. Here it could be next week. What are
3: you talking about? Yeah, we, you hear things go at <laughs> warp speed, you know.
1: Um, so that's amazing. Um, and so, um, how do businesses get in touch with you if they're interested in learning about the program, or if they're interested in participating?
2: I mean, I guess they would call Rogue Retreat. I guess we're doing all our outreach on our own. Um, uh, I have business cards now. Uh, mostly, I've been uh, mostly we're just doing outreach to them, uh, trying to find people. Uh, if they see us walking around, I know that uh, I've had a, uh, somebody today was we were over there uh, by Bear Creek I can't remember exactly on Riverside behind the okay market and there was a business over there and they just came out and started talking to us and I said, hey, and I got his his business card he I, he get, I gave him mine um, it's just our outreach when you know I mean that's the only way I know of right now, unless yeah. you want to do some advertising on TV for us that'd be great.
1: We, nope. can see, we can see
4: what we can
2: do. <laughs> <laughs> no advertising. Uh, I don't know. Put us in a newspaper. Does anybody read the newspaper anymore? I thought about doing it on Facebook where you put an ad on Facebook. Can you do that on Facebook? You can. You can. Yeah. But I don't have Facebook, so I don't even know anything about Facebook. I'll have to rely on somebody else to help me
1: with that. <laughs> no, um, Todd, we can definitely find a way to help you out around here. <laughs> <All right.
4: laughs>
1: um so in the time that you've been working in both the shelters and the clean Sweep program have you witnessed um anybody um really start to change their lives with the work that they're doing
2: oh yeah what's that one guy's name that uh god what was his name he's a younger guy um gosh he went to the whole village he was working at circle k you know what i'm talking about and now he's got his own apartment willingham, willingham yes yeah. <laughs> I always called him the, uh, the guy with the rich that's last it. name. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Really good. I just seen him. We were doing we were cleaning the library the other day, and I seen him riding by, and I said, are you still clean? And he said, yeah, and he looks really good. He's got his own apartment, and, uh, you know, it's really, really, uh, really great to see. He looks really good. I, yeah, that's just one. I've seen a few other people um, do the same thing, but that one really stood out because I just saw him the other day. Yeah, That's funny. Yeah, the guy with the yeah. last, rich last name. Yeah.
3: how has that changed you i mean when you see the 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 people that have changed their lives how does that make you feel i
2: i spent most of my life uh in a a dark dark world so Mm -hmm. to see uh to see people changing and to be a part of that is it just it's like just sunshine all the time you know uh it really is is a blessing for me, and it warms my heart, and it uh, it makes me feel good about who I am, and about uh, that I'm not just a dirt bag, and that I do care about people, and uh, that there is goodness in the world. You know, I've i spent so many years uh, in a world that just is hateful and and, and mean, and uh, it's just it really has uh, given me hope, and uh, and and, and like I want to continue living versus how I felt, you know, say
3: last year about this time. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy that you're able to stay here. I think that was just really awesome.
1: Yeah. No, we're, it's grateful. We're very grateful for that. Do you find that, um, having been at that place where you've lost hope before that, um, that, um, helps you relate to the folks that we're working with on a daily basis?
2: Oh yeah. They're, they're my buds. I love them all. I can totally relate to where they're coming from I haven't necessarily, uh, like lived on the streets like that. You know, I have a lot of family and, uh, you know, and I, I did a lot of jail time. So instead of being homeless, I'd go to jail. And then when I got out of jail, I'd go stay with family, but I relate to, to what they're going through. I relate to where they've been. Uh, it really does help me out a lot. I just, everything about them. So, I'm not coming at them from an authoritarian authoritarian, uh, uh, way. I'm just, just want to be their friends. And I'm just trying to coach them along and be there for them. You know, I'm not trying to be better than them because I don't think that I am. I think I'm just like them. We're all the same. We're all one people. Uh, So, yeah, it does absolutely help me to relate a little bit more. I remember as a kid that I would go to, uh, to some rehabs and stuff and, uh, I could never relate back then. They just didn't have like uh, ex addicts or uh, people that have been there as counselors back then. It was fairly new field, you know, fairly new thing. So I had a hard time relating to these counselors that didn't have any worldly experience. So,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, you know, it's good. It does help out a lot.
1: Yeah. You know, it, it, I definitely agree. I think there's something that can be said for the, the piece that you can give somebody when they look at you and think, well, if they did it, then I'm pretty sure I can figure out how to do it too.
0: We'll be back with more of the Finding Hope podcast after this message from Rogue Tech Pros. Is your computer giving you a headache? Are you wanting to replace that monstrosity with a new box? Well, there is only one place to go, and that's Rogue Tech Pros. I know because I use the services... That Charlie of Rogue Tech Pros provides. He services well what he sells. And for further information. Give Charlie a call at 541-299-2100. That again is 541-299-2100. You will be glad that you
2: did. A lot of guys that I'm working with that work with me now, they've walked through the past couple of months with me. I mean, you know, with the courts and stuff like that. So they all know, uh, what's going on. You know, I sit in the van and we're driving to, to uh, go clean the streets and I'm talking to them like they're my friends. So, so they know exactly what's going on with me. I know what's going on with them. They're, they're my friends for sure.
3: Yeah.
2: Get to know all those people out there. It's crazy.
1: Absolutely. Well, and since you kind of, um, kind of alluded to it, um, <laughs> um, I, I just want to ask you a question. Um, I know that um, you had been going through some struggles with um, just the, un, the unknowns in many cases um, right. of not knowing what was going to happen. And then you literally witnessed a miracle that um, very few people get to get to see. Um, what was that like to be able to see that in your life? Um, having where you've been from.
2: It was crazy. It really was uh, uh, something that I'll never, ever forget because I think the best thing that I learned from that is is, is I just – I wasn't asking God to to save me per se. I just wanted him to make sure that he was going to walk through this with me. No matter what the outcome was, I wanted to make sure that he was just going to walk through this with me. So I wasn't asking uh, – you know, like you go to jail, you say, oh, please, if you let me out, I'll do this for you. It wasn't like that. Uh, I just – Walk through it with him. I had uh, turned my life over to God uh, when I was at my daughter's. One day I was <clears throat> sitting there and I was like, you know, I, I can't do this on my own. I can't, I, there's no, I'm not turning back to drugs. So I'm going to have to walk through my shit on my own or, you know, I have to walk through it and I I, I can't do it alone. And so that's the day that I gave, gave my life to the Lord. And uh, so I was expecting to go to prison. You know, I was expecting to get to 26 months and I just couldn't believe it uh, during the proceedings. You know, even all the way up at the court date itself, they're talking about. You know, they're debating on how they're going to word the time, and uh, and you know, all of a sudden, dude, in the middle of it, the judge just turns to the, the livability team and says, uh, "Well, what are you guys doing here?" And then they they said, "Well, we're here supporting Michael Deal." Now, once they get this, these are guys that know my wife and I. All of them know my wife, especially Josephson. He knows my wife and I, so he was
4: it was amazing
2: and, that they even were there. Uh, that spoke up for us or for me. And about that time is when the tide turned at court. And I just couldn't believe it. I look back at my wife and she's just like, and I I just couldn't believe it. And then they asked uh, Justin Hahn. I've known Justin Hahn for a lot of years, 15, 17, 18. I don't know, a lot of years. And the judge actually asked him what he thought about it. And uh, it just was, I could not, I just couldn't believe it. I was, I don't know. My wife and I took a picture before the court. And I have that picture, uh, I I framed it, and I I put it in my office, because that's the day that my life started over again. That's the the first
3: day of the rest of my life. You know, it's funny because most of the people that know me know I'm going to say this in the way I'm going to say it, and people either can feel it or not. But I remember before you went to the hearing, because you walked into – there were. Um, it had to be on a Monday because I was there, and you walked in, and you, you okay, you looked lower than, than, uh, and, and I don't mean this in a. Okay, you look lower than a junkyard dog. You know, <laughs> low, and you just had that tone of voice. Like you know, you really want things to be different, but you had resigned yourself to the things were going to be a certain way, and you'd have to deal with that. Yeah. And, yeah, and I remember sitting in the area where you know Matt's office, and I said, "Please, please let him have another chance," and. I was just, I don't remember to get when you went to court and the day we found out about what happened and the, end of the staff meeting and all this other kind of stuff. And, oh, man, I was on top of the world. It was just, you know, just, I mean, you know, you don't, hell, we've never really talked all that much, but I just remember from when you've been there and you probably we probably talked today more than ever, but right, right. I'm just was so happy, and, and I was so happy when I learned that you agreed to do this podcast because I, I wanted that to happen. <laughs> well,
4: and one thing I think is really cool is you know, here at Rogue Retreat, we're, we're like a huge family, it is so yeah. Cool. And an awesome example of that I shared with Todd is when at a staff meeting we all decided we were going to send in emails to. different people involved with todd's court case to let them know that we don't believe todd should go to prison and the response i got from one of those people was basically like thank you for all these messages but please in the future forward them to someone else (laughs) because they were getting overloaded (laughs) love todd know that todd needs to stay and so i think that's pretty amazing my wife gets
2: kind of envious. She goes, I've never, you know, with, with the job I have and the, and the fact that we're, it really is like a family here. I've never, I've worked in construction, man. And the form is screaming at you. you everybody's screaming at you. This, this is the, the, the most enjoyable place to work I've ever Ooh, encountered. Yeah. It really is.
1: Yeah. No, I, I have to agree with you on that one. And it, just and echo the, the sense that this is, to, we're a big family here. Um, yeah. But I know that, um leading up to that, like Stan was saying, it was wearing down on you and people could tell. And um, I just have a feeling that the saying, don't quit five minutes before the miracle now means <laughs> something entirely different to you. And um, and, I, and I'm just grateful for um, being able to share this with you and to be able to watch um, your growth as you continue to progress. Oh yeah. And
3: and the difference, the difference in the tone from the day before when I was there, maybe it's probably what, a couple weeks before he went to court. Well, I, well, I
2: was training well. somebody for my job <laughs> before i to court, so
1: I was pretty low. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I think that um, you're yeah, you definitely you showed some humility that I don't think many of us would be able to show in that moment, and I just want to thank you for modeling what a team player really is here. Um. What's your vision for as you continue growing into this role? What do you want to see yourself doing in the future?
2: Uh, Here at Rogue Retreat or in my life in general? Both. Give give us both. Um, I just want to continue serving. Uh, I did uh, put in an application uh, to get on some of the volunteer uh, just to see what that's like. Uh, Maybe serving in a more... a a bigger way. Uh, housing is a huge, huge deal around here, a huge deal. And I, and I, and I recognize, uh, the barriers that, uh, that people have for housing. And, and, uh, even though, uh, um, I came from a bad place and I spent a lot of my years in a bad place doesn't mean that I can't be a part of something bigger, uh, in, in the housing industry and trying to figure out some ways to like, you know, just, I don't know, just doing something more with the the housing part of it all. Not just with the homeless, but with with, uh, addicts, uh, with criminals coming out of uh, jails or prisons, uh, just with anybody. Uh, People, you know, I I was thinking that uh, even though people aren't homeless, but they only have uh, um, a minimum wage job. And so they're barely, so why can't there be, so... You, so the, for the first year or two, because you, you get a job, you're at minimum wage. You can work your way up, but what do you do for the first three years that you're getting paid nothing? You know, how do you survive? You know, and why can't there be more uh, lower income housing uh, rents? You know, I mean, why do uh, why do uh, people that own properties have to jack up the rent just because there's no? You know, it's it's you know, I, I don't understand it. So that's that's kind of where we're on to go. Stay in the in the market of uh, of helping people with housing. Um, do you well personally? Uh, I just want to uh, stay clean and keep going to meetings, go to church, and, and serve my Lord and uh and walk the path and then follow every door that He opens up for me.
3: Do you think that there is a, a, a stigma to a certain degree to uh, low income housing? What do you mean, a stigma? Like, well, it's bad? I mean, we, okay, I'll just say what I'm what I've noticed. With some people, um, there's a stigma to like say section eight. When you hear some of the the that, section eight people, tend to have their
1: oh the, the way I picture eyes glazing over. Yeah, they have some preconceived opinions about what that household is going to be. Or what right. Oh,
2: yeah. well, there's probably always going to be that, but I feel I, I get the feel that uh, the world is changing. Uh, Jackson County is changing. Mm-hmm. Maybe people aren't as jaded as they used to be. Say ten years ago, uh, even the cops. Like I mean, they have a livability team. I mean, that's insane. When I when I was younger, there was no livability team for MPD. So it's
3: uh well, you know, we had the interview yesterday with the livability team that will be eventually uh, as soon as, as soon as we get done doing everything that we have to do to it. Uh, and, and it was very interesting because they they talk about what you talked about just now. They're singing the same
1: song, you know, which is nice. Yeah, it, it is really nice. And I am l- watching the clock here. And, Good. Um, we are um, coming up to our end here. Um, so Todd, I just want to thank you again for being our next victim and really just kind of sharing part to <laughs> heart with us. Um. I, I love you as a person, and I love to see your growth in, the, in your both your personal life and your professional life. So, I'm personally grateful that um, the universe aligned itself to keep you here with us. Thank you, thank Absolutely. you very much.
2: Yes, and and I didn't sweat too bad through this whole thing, so I'm okay.
3: <laughs> well, know, Todd, I really want to thank I'm you broken. for the first time. <laughs> 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 I want to thank you for being a part of this today because. You know, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure if you were going to do this, but I sure wanted it to happen. And and you were really so uh, at ease, and I thought, oh, this is going to be fun. And it was.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, I, I think uh,
2: sharing the story, and uh, like uh, when I do NA meetings and stuff, Uh, sharing your story and speaking is a bit it's helpful and it's good and it it could help somebody else and and i want to be i want to help people so sharing my story if sharing my story helps and yes i will share it and be comfortable doing it all right thank you okay thank you
1: you. let's drive us home stan i don't have far to drive that's a good (laughs) thing
2: Just let me know when you are driving, because I don't want to be on the road,
3: okay? Well, you know, that that reminds me, because we have to talk to Chris about something, because there is, and so, I don't know if you guys have seen, we have a one where me I'm in the van that RVTV gave us, and I think we need to do another video, Chris. I think we do. No,
1: I think that you're right, Stan. It would be a fun little video. We'll even uh um maybe get you moving a couple feet um, forward in the vehicle as you're, we're getting the photo.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, that'd be interesting.
3: <laughs> okay. This concludes podcast, Finding Home podcast number 55. And today's guest was Todd. And I forgot your last name. Deal. Oh, what a deal. <laughs> like, let's make a deal. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so, uh, and we have another podcast to review tomorrow, which will be 56. And that will be a fun one to do, also. With that in mind, have a great day, everybody.
1: Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks.
2: Hey, this is chris janish co-producer of the finding hope podcast we hope you enjoy this episode new episodes out every wednesday we'd love if you left us a review on apple podcasts and if you want to connect with us find road retreat on facebook at facebook.com slash road retreat